Today, I welcome Amy Gadiaga to the In Conversation with podcast for women in jazz media. Amy is a Parisian bassist, vocalist and composer based in London. She is currently a student at Trinity Laban's Conservatoire of Music and Dance, where she studies double bass. Hello, Amy. Hello, thank you for having me. How are you? What have you been up to today so far? It's quite early, isn't it? I haven't been up to anything. I just woke up, <laughs> to be honest. And how's your summer been? Uh, it's been nice and long. Uh, I was still gigging all the way through. And yeah, I went away to France for a few days to see my family and to Italy for a few days as well, but mostly gigging. Okay. How and about you? I have been, actually, I've had a pretty quiet August. I had quite a lot of catch up to do, uh, but the gigs kick off again Sunday. So that's good. I also went to Paris. Great. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm a Selma ambassador. So I went over to see Selma, the saxophone makers. Okay. So it's really exciting. So where do you draw your inspirations from or who do you draw your inspirations from? Um, to from a variety of artists. I am a huge Michael Jackson fan since I'm a kid. Um, yeah, I love intensified after his death. But even prior to that, my mom is a big fan of him and like she would force us to watch his DVDs uh, of his tours and everything. So I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan, a huge Steve Wonder fan. Uh, and then later on in life, I discovered people like Wayne Shorter, Spencer Spalding, uh, Betty Carter. Uh, and yeah, uh, my inspiration changed depending on where I am, I guess, in the environment and who I'm around, I discover new artists. So it's kind of always evolving. Yeah, I love Michael Jackson. What's your favorite song of Michael Jackson? Um, I would say want to be starting something and her song. Um, I would say the early stuff because there's a lot of like spontaneity in his voice and his vocals were absolutely incredible up to a certain point because he worked so hard so young you know I think after like his late 20s his vocals were not that good anymore but like prior to that it was when he was at his prime yeah the of the world album is my favorite album of all time mm. um but I keep discovering new material even these days like Yesterday I discovered a, a snippet of a TV show we did in 76 and I can't stop playing it. It's on Instagram, so like you keep discovering things. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's great. I saw him. Oh, no way. Wait, you saw him live? Yeah, I think I saw him at Wembley. The history, I think it was the history tour. Yeah, it was amazing. Oh my God, in London? Yeah. Was he singing live? Yeah. Oh my God, was it in 96? I don't remember. My friends and I caught the bus to the gig. Uh, we, were, we got right at the front. I was so excited. It was an amazing, amazing gig. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm so jealous. <laughs> cool. Yeah, and no one, you weren't to know that he was going to die when he did. There's some older artists who I always think must go and see them 
in case they don't last for much longer because you love them so much and you kind of you can take them for granted yeah. can't you very true yeah mm. who yeah. else is like that for you nowadays that's still around for you okay i'm not i don't want to tempt fate yet, really because it sounds really horrible <laughs> but i went to see tom jones the other week because okay. he was just a fantastic just a, the show was just amazing mm-hmm. and He's due his second hip. You might have already had it. It was telling the audience, but still now his vocals were really good and the whole production was amazing. And he, you know, he's getting on now. Mm. Yeah. And I was really glad that I saw Chick Corea just before he passed away. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, and who was the other one? Keith Jarrett. Okay. Yeah. Who's on your list then to see? Uh, for me, it's Wayne Shorter and Stevie Wonder. Um, if Wayne, I mean, yeah, I don't want to, as you say, you know, provoke bad things to happen, but he's getting quite old. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, Wayne Shorter, Stevie Wonder. Um, and that's kind of it, to be honest. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really go to see live shows that much. I don't know why. Yeah, I think, do you find that as a performer yourself, if you go to a gig, unless it's really amazing, you don't always enjoy it as much as maybe other people do? How does that feel when you go to, to a gig? It's just a habit I lost, I think, uh, after COVID, you know, going to see live shows. I remember when I was in France in my teenage years, I was going to as much gig as I could. Uh, my parents were like pay for the tickets. I would beg them for that and like go every month, but I just lost that. Um, I just lost that. I think you know, when I happen to be at a gig, I really enjoy it, but I never really go out of my way to go to a gig. I'm kind of out of the loop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even festivals. I don't go to festivals. I think I need to because I really get a lot of inspiration. You know, and I get impressed very easily as well. To be honest, it's not about me being a musician. It's about just appreciating you know and I always do I just don't really go out <laughs> yeah it's easy to get stuck in that trap we I was discussing that the other day so we've booked some gigs to go to and some classical concerts as well because sometimes just a whole orchestra playing in an amazing hall is just such an amazing experience and the sound is whoa so what came first for you because you play bass and you're a singer what came first uh, well, I always sang when I was younger, but I grew kind of like insecure of my voice at the end of middle school. You know, I was like kind of first one, I would just like sing to the whole class and I like, get a lot of attention. Like sing all the time. I don't know, like someone must have said something and I just stopped singing. And then I had high school and it was very intense because I was just homework and everything. So um, I just was like, if I ever want to make a living, not make a living, if I ever want to be a musician, I felt like I have to learn an instrument because I'm not feeling enough or whatever as a singer or because of my looks, I don't know. So I, yeah, I was drawn to the bass. Um, so I started bass and electric bass and then moved to London. And when I started Trinity, they asked us to switch over to double bass for the first year. But I just stuck to it and I was learning my songs. Um, we had like a repertoire of uh, standards to learn. And I could only remember it through knowing the lyrics of the melody. So I just, I don't know, it's kind of accidental, really. 
you know, and then I was like, oh my God, I'm enjoying it again, you know, like singing and, and then during lockdown, I was like, okay, I'm going to stop playing bass. It's not for me, but let's see if music in general is still for me. And I just spent lockdown writing and singing and playing guitar. So after that, I just focused on singing. Um, and I'm kind of merging both, but I don't really know. I don't know. It's just, I just do it, you know, but it's not really thought. I don't really think about it, you know what I mean? Is that really what I want to do? I just happen to do it. Um, but I don't really know. <laughs> it's just a phase, I think. You know, it's always just phases. I think I'm, I'm still looking, not looking, but yeah. I think I just really want to sing, you know what I mean? Ah, okay. Yeah. So can you remember what someone said to you when you were younger that put you off the singing? Well, my whole life, first of all, people said I had a shrill voice and I was sounding like Donna Buck, including my family. Like that was like the joke, you know, but I don't know. I don't really remember. I think it was, okay, I, I do know. It's like one of my best friends was also a singer and we were kind of in competition, you know, but it's kind of healthy. But then she just, I don't know, she must have made a face or, or said something and I was like, oh, well, I'm not singing then. Mm. And I kind of... I kind of stopped singing completely for the like the whole of high school. I didn't sing at all for like three years, not even in my room. So, yeah, it is sad, and it it does quite often happen. I think if you, if you're just at that space in your head, and someone says something, it just goes in, like it did with with this. What they used to say, "Weren't your friend your friend the face your friend pulled?" And for some reason, it just stays with you just goes really deep in and maybe another day you'd have just gone past you yeah yeah words are very powerful because i can't really remember exactly what she said i just remember the context um but i can't believe i let that happen but to be honest maybe if i kept singing i wouldn't even be here you know because it's really like selling the bass that got me to move out and you know do all these things so I think it was meant to be but I'm happy I kind of let it go at some point and just if I enjoy it I have to learn how to relearn relearn I don't know if I ever could sing to be honest but like but people liked it but um yeah like take it seriously you know and practice and be like if you want to do it you can just get better at it you don't have to like know everything now you know yeah so uh so you you came to singing through learning standards on your bass yes mm. a lot of accidents as well i also remember i had a we had rhythm classes in first year and one of the teacher the teacher for that class his name is pat davies a drummer um he was teaching us uh, the great Chipato version of butterfly and there was no singer in that um session she wasn't there i think and he was like teaching how, how, to, how to sing the um, the head and i just did not practice on bass and then next week i was like oh yeah i can play the bass and sing it if you want because the singer was not there and i did and it was like you really need to like um um actually keep practicing because it's a very good skill you know and i was already into his princess balding but yeah, I never thought I could actually, it's just, I don't know, a series of accidents that happened in first year. Mm. 
you know, let me just kind of develop that skill. I never really worked on it actively. You know, I think it's just kind of from listening to a lot of her and learning these standards. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not really refined, that's the thing. It's, like, it's not really my thing, you know. I can get it better, but I know if it's, not, if it's what I want to focus on. So so you that was in your first year. What year are you in now? I've just finished. Oh. It was almost four years ago, yeah. Great. Yeah. So what's the plan now? Uh, getting gigs, more gigs, um, releasing more music. I just want to share my music, really, um, and make that something like sustainable in a way that I don't have to work a job ever again because I hate working. So yeah, I just want to make music and have a enjoyable lifestyle, but not too enjoyable. So I still want to write. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I can't just, like, chill and be creative. I don't think it's possible. Great. So, it, I mean, I, I play the saxophone, and I might tap my foot at the same time, but I don't do other things. But you have to sing and play. Yeah. How does that... Is it is it hard to do the both together, or is it quite natural because you need a melody to... You need to hear that melody to go with the bass part. How does that work for you? Um... It depends on the tune, like there's some tunes I just have to practice it, you know, because uh, it's very unnatural, like where the melody is or where I'm doing my vocals versus the bass line is like it clashes, so like I really have to practice it, but for other tunes it just comes naturally because they like similar to other tunes I learned before, but as soon as I'm too aware of it, I kind of it doesn't work, you know what I mean? It's kind of just like autom um, it's like automatic, you know. Yes, yes. Yeah, but as soon as I think too much about it, I just lose control of what I do. Yeah. So I don't really think about my hands at all, basically. I'm just thinking about my voice. Or vice versa, I only have to think about the bass and let my voice do whatever, really. Mm. Uh, yeah. Unless I practice really hard and I can like be focused on both and, um, yeah. Have you tried? I don't. I don't know what it's called. Where they, you imp, you kind of do an improvised solo on your instrument and then you sing it at the same time. What's that called? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but I do that sometimes. Yeah. That must be really hard. Um. Yes, it is, especially on like electric bass, I think. But on double bass, because that's how I learned. You know, when I first started the bass, I was always like kind of singing what I was playing to help me out. Uh, that's more natural. But yeah, on electric bass, it takes work. Mm. Yeah, it does take work, but it's not, it's not that hard, actually, if you actually practice it. You know, if you start with scales and you know how the scale sounds, then yeah, I'm sure you could do it. I think uh, that's the key to everything. Practice enables you to be able to do stuff. Oh, yeah. It's so much about practicing. I wish I'd do that more. It's like one of my goals as well this year is like to practice a bit more uh, instead of just giving and being out and about. But yes, it's... I don't know. It's, there's no other way. I don't really know other way there. You know, it's it's not a thing like 
I don't know. When people are impressed about what you're doing, it's really coming only from what I was not born playing bass, so like, you know, I even started quite late. So it's all about working on it. And so what, what age were you when you started playing the bass? I was almost 17. Okay. Electric yeah. bass, yeah, and then the whole bass, almost 20. And then, so, so you got into, were you, in, were you living in Paris before you, and then you came straight over to Trinity? Uh, no, no. So I was living, I was living in the outskirts of Paris. That's where I grew up. Um, and I picked up the bass my second year of high school. So I stayed there for two years playing bass. Then I came to London and joined Trinity like a couple of years later. Okay. And did you, yeah. did you play in a group prior to going to Trinity when you were in this country? I was playing for my friend here and there, just being fed up with electric bass. To be honest, I wasn't. I didn't. I was an au pair as well. Like a nanny, you know, living nanny, uh, and I couldn't do both. I couldn't like music and do that job. Uh, so yeah, I just stopped playing. And I was like, I don't really know. But I kept going to workshops and stuff like that. So that helps. Mm. Great. And what made you choose Trinity? Okay, well, that, once again, that's an accident. Because I was going to a workshop called Tumor's Warriors, and uh, the founder is a bassist, his name is Gary Crosby, and he's always, he was quite encouraging and everything, and he was saying that was kind of losing, I don't know, kind of losing, not hope, but like I was not really interested anymore in bass, but I was always around. And um, one of the basses got into Trinity through very like, I don't know, I don't want to talk about her, but like, she just got into Trinity without really auditioning, just because she knew someone, and like, he was kind of like, oh, well, you should all try to get in then. And I was like, yeah, well, we'll try. And he like, wrote the reference or whatever, and I auditioned and I got in. But yeah, I didn't really hear about it before that day. So even that, I don't know, I was just like moving through the motion. <laughs> it's it's, a tr it's um, Trinity's now at Greenwich, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Because I went to Trinity too. Uh, and when I, when I auditioned, it was still in central London. Oh, I didn't know that. And it moved to the Royal Naval College in Greenwich. So uh, I was part of the saxophone choir. And we had an, an amazing flotilla of boats that took the whole college from the centre of London to Greenwich. And, and we were playing on the front of this boat. And it was such a tall boat that they had to raise the bridge for us to get under. Oh, my God. Yeah. Took my mum as my guest. She was so excited. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, so so Trinity holds a real, a real lovely place in my heart. So I was so pleased to hear that you've been, you've well, you've just finished there. Yeah, it's been a good experience. Yeah. Do you think that you might do a postgrad or anything like that? Uh, well, I wanted to just because I don't really have any space to rehearse, to practice, uh, and yeah, I, I'm a bit worried about how I'm gonna manage to practice double bass. My room is tiny as well. And just having structure, you know, and um, I also really love the teachers. And I feel like I've been robbed off a year because of COVID, obviously. So I was thinking about it, but I don't know. Well, it's too late now anyway, so. Um, so yeah, I think I, it's just coming out of fear, maybe, that I would like to stay in education for another couple of years. I just need to stop.
relying on these things and trying to yeah make it happen without uh, a school behind me or it sounds to me like you're quite good at setting yourself goals so i think you'll probably not teach yourself that way but you'll set these these things these bars to do so that you keep yeah going forward i think yeah it's just a daily life that i find very hard you know i have no discipline on a daily basis but i do have big dreams <laughs> i just need to get there you get there thanks it's, I remember that feeling when I didn't have any more lessons. Mm. You feel a bit, a little bit. I felt a little bit lost for a while. Oh, I've got to choose. What am I going to do? Mm. Yeah. I feel like I'm ready for that though. Cause I do feel being in education or a part of a community. You all, I always have personally, um, when I, whenever I do something, I do not worry, but I'm aware of what people in that community might think and I can't live like that because I'm, I'm very free you know but I feel like that kind of put me in a box mentally so I can't kind of can't wait for that to end you know and it's been a long time so that's already fading away I'm getting back my own inspirations and my own goals and you know so yeah that's the exciting part of not being in education anymore for me yeah yeah so you, um i think i read that you're signed to the label jazz refreshed is that right yes for one ep one ah okay so that's that must be on the cards then on the that's card. coming up oh uh, yes i don't know when but it will come out <laughs> is it already recorded yes yeah. oh do you have a name for it uh it's a five series mm -hmm. or abby's five so yes. <laughs> okay, nice. And uh, have you already performed the songs live? Yeah, people don't know. Time. <laughs> Apart from the, from one, I think that I don't do that often, but yeah, most of them. They're just a more polished version, obviously, but yeah. And did you record it in a studio? Yes. Great. Yeah. And um, how did it feel doing that, those five tracks? Um, I don't know how it felt that day. I don't know. It's like a fog, um, cause I felt like I had to like kind of take care of the musicians as well and just control everything. But in general, having your music recorded, I mean, I always wanted to have my own music out, you know, like my single right now, it's, it's nice. It's not perfect, but I know what music makes me feel like, you know, um, so to be able to give that to people, <clears throat> not to give that to people, but like for other people to experience it, uh, yeah, it feels great. I want to keep doing that. I just, you know, it's, yeah, it's quite, it's quite amazing. I think, I don't know how you feel about having your music out, but knowing that people you don't know might have a personal connection with it. This for me is just everything. Yeah. I, uh, when I released my album, nearly a year ago the last one i uh i was re i was actually really worried i was scared about what other people would think to all my originals uh i was scared when the band heard it and then we recorded it and and they loved it 
and I've had some really lovely feedback. And when people email you and say, oh, I'm in Illinois or wherever they are around the world and I play your track all the time and I really love it. And I, I'm, I'm just so blown away by that. I feel so privileged to, for them to have contacted me. That's the worst privilege. I mean, you've earned it, obviously. It's like years of dedicating yourself to music, you know. Um, you definitely earned it, but still, you you never know who's going to like it, who's not, you know, who's going to be touched by it. So to have even a few people for me, you know, um, texting me on Instagram or playing their song, uh, playing the song on the radio, is quite crazy. So the musicians on your EP, are they the ones who you usually perform with? Yes. And are they who are playing with you at Jazz Cafe Posk on the 7th of October? Uh, two of them, yeah. yeah. Okay, so who's that then? So we've got Lou Bacchus on piano and uh, Joseph Oti on trumpet. Great. So is it, so what's, are you playing as a quartet at that gig at Jazz Cafe uh, Posk? As a trio. Ah, yeah, nice. Yeah, as a trio, I think. Yeah, <laughs> looking forward to How that. How does that feel being a trio? Does it give you more space to sing out and to explore the the space within the music, or? Oh, yeah, definitely more space, more space. Um, it can get very intense, I think, as a trio. Like, I think my favorite gigs I've done were as a trio. You know, the sound can be like less full. But it, I don't know, like you, if you lock in with the two other musicians, you get really intense. I think I personally love it. I love trio music as well. You know, yeah, you can't really go wrong with a trio if you get along with the musicians. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a, I often find that how the energy is on stage with the other musicians is really important. I have to be very comfortable. You know, even like rehearsing and teaching them the music or whatever. It's so personal to me, you know, if it's my own music, so it has to be people I, I would have a friendship with, you know. Well, I already have a friendship with, actually. So I don't really do death, you know, uh, deathing and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Although when you get really busy, you might have to. Well, <laughs> you know, I'm working on a solo set, like I'm trying to like create one, so I don't have to deal with people at all um because yeah that's one thing that i find really hard is like dealing with people you know like, and the admin thing as well it's so tiring it's very draining as well for, for me i don't know like i'm kind of nurturing so i always make sure the band is fine before i am fine and i can be very stressful you know like are you okay you're good and they're like yeah i'm good you're know, like they don't need me but like, i just feel like I have to make them feel comfortable, which is true. It's just a lot. So, yeah, I kind of need like to get my own sort of things going um, with pedals or something like that, you know. Mm. I was going to say, you're going to get the pedal out. Yes, I have one. I, I, I experiment, but yeah, I need to practice more. It's not, yeah. I do a duo gig with an amazing guitarist um, and we're doing some touring of my album as a two. And uh, he has so many pedals going and it's like he's tap dancing, clearing one bit, Ooh. starting another bit. I'm like, oh my goodness, because we loop different sounds and 
Uh, it's amazing what a pedal can do. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of, I would kind of want a pedal. Maybe I need to experiment with that. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you could. I, I think it's very for me when I do it. It's like it's very. Well, I mean, it's very intimate. You know what I mean? There's a lot of room for you to just like explore, like to actually hear IU sound. Is that a direct reflection of you, you know? It's cool. So do you loop the bass and the vocals? Uh, you... Yeah, I mean, when I practice, it's only the vocals, to be honest. I can't be bothered plugging my bass in. So a year ago, I did both. I tried. But yeah, when I, whenever I try and practice now, it's just the vocals. Uh, but I need to, yeah, include the bass if I actually want to do live stuff with it. Um, I need to find more time and practice it. Yeah. So will you have a launch for your EP with the label Just Refreshed? How would that uh, work? Yes, probably, probably. Because um, there's a lot of people throughout the years, you know, that kind of old, old too, you know, and uh, that would be nice to have um, many people coming. So yeah, I would, you know, even if it's like a very small venue and it's like 10 of us, I still want it to be a special moment. So yeah you'll be invited <laughs> yes i was gonna i was smiling sweetly at you then hoping that you would invite me sorry i was smiling sweetly at you then hoping you would invite me of course <laughs> <laughs> it sounds really exciting so how did you get involved with jazz refreshed so i did a live with them when they were doing um the recorded live you know the videos one you know last yep. year and then we just talked and they were to help me put music out so they're very, very supportive and yeah, I used to go to a lot of their mama bar nights. So for me, that was, yeah, that's amazing. I really enjoy being a part of that. Great. It's fantastic. So now that you've, you've finished your studies, I guess it's, it's a different place to be, but looking back on those four years, how was it juggling? the learning and your studying with gigging as well and then trying to make connections how was that so i only started giving my own music after lockdown so i had two years before that so i had my first year was normal then second year that's when covid happened uh first year i was deep deeply involved with the double bass i was just focusing on that um i didn't even like at this point i had zero confidence as well in doing my own thing you know, that was like something so far away. Um, I was just listening to a lot of music and practicing a lot during the first year. Um, then the second year, same. I mean, I was still playing bass for my friends and some other people, you know. And I remember there was the London Jazz Festival 2019 where I was playing bass for almost every day for like other artists. And I was like, I can't believe like that. It's that like I don't understand how I'm playing at how I'm at the background, you know what I mean? Like, it's fine to run the background if it's your choice, but I just felt that I was like playing for people who really care about the music, you know, and like, I care so much about the music, you know, and it was like, I was like, you're very, you're like encouraged now, like, you know, because even people don't really care about it and just do it because they feel like they have to, or I don't know, are playing, you know, and you hear complaining so after that lockdown happened i was like okay at the end of this 
thing. I don't know how long it's going to take, but like, I'm fine with letting go and not doing music anymore. But I just need to like find out if it's still for me, you know. And thanks for really, I found like it was still for me, like through writing, and that's really what I like, you know, writing my own material. And then third year happened, and I was still practicing a lot. And I think it's me through third year that I started to have my own kids. But then you barely have classes at Trinity. So, you know, right around third year and fourth year, let's not even talk about it. Like, you barely have any hours in. So, it's never been a problem. Okay. And when it comes to connections, I don't make connections. <laughs> so, easy. But yeah, first year, I, did, I, I, I feel like I just lived under a rock. You know, especially in first year, just yeah. If you if you're talking about networking, is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Zero. No. But then I started to post on Instagram, and I guess I got to meet people. I don't know, but I wasn't really focused on that at all. Mm-hmm. And I think most of my friends are coming from Trinity or Tumors Warriors, but I haven't really met anyone after that. You know. So yeah. don't worry about connecting to people. Okay. It's it's a weird thing to have to do. I'm not very good at it. In fact, I'm rubbish at it. I'd rather stay under my rock most of the mm-hmm. time. Just do my thing. Do so. Because I know that before Trinity, I was, um, when I was just going to Tumor Valleys, I was, I was trying to connect with people. And, but it doesn't really work. I feel, uh, for me, you know, um, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna let my, I'm just gonna let my music one day prove itself or whatever. I just don't like talking to people. Apart from today, <laughs> it's great. Like I just don't. If it's forced, you know, it's not for you. You know, it's just not sustainable as well. Just do your thing. You really don't need friends, especially when you do jazz. Just do your thing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I found that a bit like weird. Like, feeling like a lot of people, when I first joined Trinity, I know that I was going to gig sometimes, you know, and like people were not interested in talking to me at all, but then they would find out I was at Trinity and they'd be like, oh, all of a sudden you have like a bit more value because all of a sudden you might be a serious musician, you know? And I just hate that so much. So I just. I just don't talk to people. I'm not saying that everyone's like that. Most of people are not like that, but you don't need to speak to people if it's not your personality, you know, you can just people are gonna to come to you, I feel. If you just do your thing, you know. Yeah. And you were saying earlier about the admin side of things. How did how that must be I really hate having to have a morning or a day of just emails sorting gigs out the admin chat to people i i get a bit dizzy after it yeah yeah i'm not really good at it <laughs> i'm not gonna lie i used to be better um uh, but this past few months um i don't know um i need to be better at it please but i get very anxious as well when you feel like you've answered an email but you actually haven't and you miss out on stuff or yeah i have zero advice to give because <laughs> um i might be the worst but i'm trying <laughs> really? yes yeah 
That's all we can do is just keep trying. It's a, it's a hard juggle. I think if you speak to any artist who basically self-manages themselves, everyone will say, oh, I've had a day of admin. Mm. Yeah, or a night of admin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... But for me, what makes me anxious is to lose connections, you know? For people like to just be fed up with me and be like, oh, we're just not going to work for her. Cause it's honestly not coming from a place of I don't care. It's coming from a place of I forgot. And as well, my calendar is on my computer, not on my phone. I'm trying to sort that out and sync everything. But it hasn't worked so far. So it's like, if I'm not with my computer, I might not get the dates down and then forget about stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think people need to understand that everybody has their own life, you know, like everybody's not always on their phone. I mean, I, I'm always on my phone, but I'm, ne I'm not always on my emails, you know, I'm just on YouTube. Uh, and yeah, but people have been very understanding, I think, because we all, you know, in the creative world, I feel like people kind of understand that everything is not that deep, you know, it's really... Yeah, it's a, it's a tough juggle, yeah. and and you're right. It is helpful if everything, all your devices talk to each other. It's, yeah, it's super helpful if you can get that to work. Yes, I'm gonna try. <laughs> I had that the other day where my computer had too full of storage and it was basically trying to blow up, and then things weren't talking to each other. Oh, nightmare! About four weeks of hell. Four weeks! Oh my god. It's just like flashing at me and in the end i just had to delete everything and then i went on the help helpline and they rang me back and they took control of my computer sorted it out oh wow did you get your things back though no oh okay <laughs> but but at least it's all talking to each other again now. okay good they're trying to see the positive of yeah, losing yeah, loads yeah. of stuff yeah. <laughs> So, uh, so this is obviously the, the usual question that I would ask you being in women in jazz media, how does it feel to be a female artist for you at the moment? Uh, being a female artist is cool. Being a female working musician though, uh, <laughs> it's different, <laughs> but I, um, I think that's kind of what drives me to also do my own thing. Cause I understood very quickly at Trinity that it doesn't really matter how good I get. I will not be busy like that you know compared to my friends who might not work as hard or um and i just saw it at trinity where like you would just walk in a room and guys that never met each other just connect instantly because they're guys you know and all of a sudden they have this unbreakable bond you know not like a friendship thing but just like a, an understanding you know i'm here you here we're gonna gig together we're gonna do stuff like for me, it's always been, I don't know, <laughs> you always been like, I'm always going to be their friends, I'm always going to be their mom in some cases, but they're not really going to see me as equal, you know, so yeah, after the second year, I was like, I really need to get my own thing going on as well, you know, because I'm, I'm not going to eat <laughs> that much, because I'm not that social as well, you know, I'm not going to really force myself to go to jams and you know, build a network. So being a female artist is very freeing in that sense. Being an artist, sorry, is very freeing in that sense, but less, 
Yeah, I got, I got to be honest. And uh, being a working mission is different. It's just different. You know, some people are busy, it's for sure, but I'm sure things are still not that fair. <laughs> you know, compared to their male counterparts. Yeah. You know? And when you when you rock up for a gig, even if maybe if you're playing for somebody else, uh, and the and you turn up, do they do, do the audience sometimes if you're just turning up with your case or whatever, do they think, Oh, you're gonna be a singer and you don't oh, you're not yeah. an instrumentalist as well? All the time. No, wait, yeah, all the time but like what really pisses me up is when they ask me, Are you a rapper? It's like what in me makes you think that I'm a rapper? <laughs> like what makes you please tell please do tell i want to have this conversation but yeah so i walked up to a gig one time it was at brave poet i love brave poet by the way they kind of got me started as well like get me doing gigs with them brave poet uh, a gig right after lockdown in 2020 and i just woke up with my i was in my double bass that day as well and um that one of the staff person i was with my friend and uh, she's a white woman and she was wearing a she was wearing like kind of streetwear you know like with a cap and tracksuit and the staff comes to me and is like are you the rapper and i'm like i get defensive you know and i'm like what i said what you said now like what makes you think that i'm the rapper like don't you say i got a base or like i could be anyone why it makes you think that i'm the rapper she's wearing a hat i'm not like she's wearing a, my friend's wearing a cap so like if it's about the look, definitely not me, you know. If you want to talk about stereotypes of um yeah, all the time or oh you sing, you're the singer, you know, which is I have I I do sing. You know, I love singing, but it's it's like do you hear yourself speak? <laughs> you know? You sound very ignorant. And it's yeah. as much women men and women that do it, you know, it's both. Um, I get that from both, so yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of harmless, you know, but it's. I'm just wondering if people hear themselves speak. I don't know, you know, like, or if it's like their subconscious, like jumping to conclusion. I think being a musician, I know that I wouldn't do that for any other, like. Uh, function as well, like work or anything. I wouldn't like work up to someone and be like, "Oh, you're the nurse," you know. Yeah. That person could be the doctor, you know, as well. Like, I would not do that because I guess I'm a musician and I know how it looks like when people are ignorant, you know. But even without that, I think I would be a bit more sensitive, you know, and just not assume that people are whatever. It's just. Yeah, I think also though, having spoken to you and the stories you said earlier on, I think you are super emotionally intelligent and you mm. you worry about others and you're aware of what's going on and how things might make other people feel. So you wouldn't say that, but there are there are people who aren't over oh, less aware. Yeah, that's the thing as well. I think sorry, I'm just going to turn my computer. Yes, I guess a lot of musicians are, you know. Um, a lot of musicians are not as well, which sucks me even more, you know. Uh, but yeah, I think it's about awareness. It's always down to for me, it's like you hear yourself speak, 
<laughs> you know? Yeah. Because um, yeah. as soon as you kind of make, their, make them aware, whoever said that to you, they're like, oh, that sounds stupid, <laughs> you know? But yeah, do you get that? Yeah. yeah. And I don't even sing. So, so at least they're half right sometimes with you. <laughs> but even if I'm... I, had, I was in Soho Square a couple of years ago, actually more than that. And um, I was actually going to to see someone at Ronnie's and I had my sax with me. I wasn't playing. And um, we bumped into another artist, sax artist, who who didn't, did, who I'd never met before. And my other friend was carrying my baritone. So I had my tenor, he had my baritone. And he looked at the guy and he went, oh, so you play sax. That's nice of her to carry it for you, isn't it? Oh, wow. I was like, oh, this is a bit awkward. Uh, so, yeah, often I get it. I, I don't, obviously, years ago when I used to do, you know, background gigs, I'd always get, oh, you the singer. I say, no, you don't want to hear me sing. <laughs> and I maybe I was too polite. At least you, you maybe mention it to them. I, I'm just, I don't like confrontation. So I just go, oh, no, you don't want to hear me sing. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> it's good yeah. to call them out on it. You should, you should keep doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I'm very confrontational. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not going from a bad place necessarily, but I feel like people have to learn. Like, why would, if I do say it to them, they're not going to do it the next week to another female musician, you know? Yeah. Uh, or to a male musician, you know, like just assuming the play drums or, you know. But I know that I was at a session one time uh, a few months ago and I brought my double bass. And people kept asking, do you want help? Do you want help? And I think that's super nice because a lot of the time when I'm in the tube, people don't help me. You just see me struggling, you know, I wish they could ask if I need help, you know. Uh, so, yeah, that time a lot of people from the staff asked, it was in the studio, asked if I needed help. And the piano player was like to me, don't you think it's annoying that people always ask you if you need help? Like, he got annoyed for me, you know. He thought that was patronizing from other people. And... So guys also have that sensitivity, you know, like, you know, of like mm. stereotypes and everything. I just said to him, no, really, I, I think that's coming from a nice place, but I'm glad you acknowledging, you know, how it must, might be annoying for female yeah. musicians, you know, to deal with people on a daily basis, you know. But yeah, mm. at Trinity as well, I got that a lot. Um, no, at Trinity, that was the worst. That was the worst, honestly, the first year especially. Because people thought I was a tourist and like thought I didn't speak French. Like people from Brookings, they were like, you at a university right now. I'm like, I know I'm a student. And they're like, oh, Laban is on, is near Deptford. You know, the dance faculty is near Deptford. I'm like, I'm not a dancer. You're a singer then. It's like back and forth, back and forth. You know, it's, it's so tiring. You're just like, <laughs> I'm here every day, you know. It's so tiring. But, um, it's like, I think for me, I don't mind calling them out, so I know that they won't do it again, you know, but yeah. if you don't have the energy, just, it's, it's fine, it's not your job to teach people, it's really not your job, you know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so you've got. A gig for women in jazz media. You are the first uh, performer yes. at their partnership with Jazz Cafe Posk on the 7th of October. Mm -hmm. What other gigs have you got coming up? 
Uh, so on the 8th of September, so uh, next Thursday, I've got a Jazz Refresh gig at 91 Living Room. They're starting their residency there again every Thursday, so I'm very excited for that one and for the one at POSC as well. Um, and then I would need to check my calendar. <laughs> but I think I have a couple more in October. And yeah. Great. So I've got two Hannah questions to round off our chat. I don't really want to stop chatting with you, actually. Thank you. Yeah, for it's nice. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I'll explain the first question because I have I, I wonder whether you don't know this program. So uh, there's a radio show that's been going for years called Desert Island Discs. Do you know of it? No. Okay. It's, oh wait. I really love this program. Yeah, which uh, CDs you will take with you are there? Yeah, that you kind of tell a story yeah. through the program, and you, you they pick certain tracks, and you have to pick Hello. one track to be on your desert. Well, I'm giving you an album. What would you take? What would be your track or your album? Well, I always said that uh, Of The War is my favourite album of all time. So, okay. Of The War, 100%. Yeah. And then this is a very musician question. What's your favourite time signature? Oh my God, 3-4. <laughs> yeah, <I> it. <laughs> it gets me flying, I don't know. Yeah, I love 3-4, I love 6-8. Yeah, yeah. You're the quickest answer on that one, Amy. Normally um, you go, oh, it's so hard. And they're actually going, oh, what do I say? What do I say? And I was like, yeah, three, four. <laughs> yeah, I just know my favorite songs and I know how they make me feel. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I took my, uh, when, we were, when we were recording last year for the album, and I'd sent all the music out to the band we recorded in lockdown, but we were allowed in the studio. Yeah. And they were like, another one in three, Hannah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Own it. The best. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is the best. Uh, it gets me flying. I don't know. It's like the motion. Oh. Mm. There's no bad song in three, four. Mm -hmm. nope. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on today. It's thank been so well. fabulous to speak to you. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed that. And I'm looking forward to gigging as well. Yeah. So I say goodbye. Bye. Bye, Anna. Thank you.